You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, we are speaking to Joanna Taft, who is the executive director of the Harrison Center. Thank you so much for joining me. And why don't we start with what is the Harrison Center and what do you do? Yeah, well, Harrison Center, I'm so actually thankful to be on your show. Um, The Harrison Center is a studio center. We host 36 artists that have studios and we offer uh, we operate six galleries that change art monthly. We're for the arts, so we provide wraparound services for those artists so that they can thrive in Indianapolis. But we're also for the city. We really care about our neighbors, and we want our neighbors to feel that same connection to culture, community, and place so that we can have stronger neighborhoods and a stronger city. Excellent. And so give us – and whenever I talk to somebody like the Arts Council of Indianapolis or the Harrison Center – um, I like to, to ask, why is public art or art in general important to a city? Why are the, you know, in a time of economic crunch, I think people kind of go, well, let's cut that first. So can, for the person who might be thinking that, what is the, the benefit of having something like the Harrison Center and so, that is supporting artists that are working in our communities? Yeah, so I think that um, I have several answers. One is, you know, during this time of um, the 2020 has been such a difficult year and we have really needed the arts more than ever. We've needed our artists um, to lead us, to be able to reflect, to be able to mourn, to be able to laugh, to be able to process our feelings. So the arts are what make us human and they they help us um, think through and and respond. And so um, that's that's one aspect. The other thing that has really surprised me over the years and actually took me about 15 years of working in the arts before I realized it, but art is powerful. Art is really powerful. And um, I knew it was powerful, I guess, in that we used it to bring neighbors together and we used it to add vitality. But um, if you don't understand the power of art, um, you it can be... Um, sometimes people can feel left out even or, um, or not included. And so the Harrison Center is very focused now of using the power of art to know and love people. That's what we do. We don't use it to really, um, we used to do a lot of neighborhood, neighborhood revitalization. Uh, we, we love stronger neighborhoods, but right now our focus is on using the arts to know and love people. And we believe that when that power of art is directed toward that, uh, amazing things will happen in our city. So what are some of the programs that you use to fulfill that mission? Um, so a lot of people have heard of our First Friday program. So you can come to the First Friday um, events and wander and explore. And you can even do that during COVID. We have social distance protocols set up um, and people can also make uh, social distance appointments to come uh, throughout the week. Um, but some of the things that we've done that have really made a difference in our neighborhoods, um, we realized about in 2014, we started a porch party initiative. And this was under our 
we do a lot of creative placemaking in neighborhoods, and this was um, one of our creative placemaking initiatives. So the idea is that, you know, back in the day, people used to sit on their porches, you know, before air conditioning, before TV, before um, modernization. And so what happened was this um, modern times has affected all of us. You know, we have suburb, we have privacy fences and attached garages and, and we're drawn inside and we don't get to know our neighbors the way that we should. And so we started this porching initiative to get neighbors out onto their front porches so they could connect because when you're connected, you're healthy. And when that happens across a neighborhood, the neighborhood is healthy. And when that type of thing happens across our city, our city becomes healthier. And so we have this porch party initiative. We've been partnering with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on it uh, for many years. Um, we have um, some celebrity partners. Uh, John Green, um, the author, has, has helped us quite a bit. And so that's one of the things we're really proud of. Um, We've actually, we've actually done porch parties during COVID. Uh, we actually had a social distance porching initiative, which was really great. It reminded neighbors to get up off their couches at five o'clock, get off behind their laptops and go to their front porch or their front yard or their balcony or their deck and, and practice that hey neighbor wave. And that, that was really powerful, um, particularly uh, May to June. So um, we have other unique events. Um, we do something called pre-enact Indy. Maybe you've heard of a reenactment. Maybe you've been to a living history museum and you've seen people act out the good old days. <laughs> well, we um, we do the opposite of that. We act out a just and equitable future. And so uh, for the past three years, we've partnered with our neighbors in Martindale Brightwood, and we've taken a three block stretch of 16th Street and turned it into a stage, you know, every sidewalk, piece of the street, um, empty building, vacant lot, um, all of it became part of the stage and we acted out a world that ought to be partnering with anywhere between seven theater companies and 13 theater companies, depending on the year. So that was, that's been pretty amazing. Um, and then maybe a last one I'll, I'll share is um, out of that program and out of actually a combination of the porching program and the pre-enact indie, we got to know the long-term residents of Martindale Brightwood. Um, we porched with them. Uh, we pre-enacted with them. And um, we came up with a nickname. Um, you've heard of the word matriarch and you've heard of the word patriarch. We came up with the great triarchs mm -hmm. and the great triarchs aren't the, they would never say they're the greatest neighbors and the, um, <laughs> the greatest people in their neighborhood, the pretty humble, but they're amazing in that they helped write the story of their neighborhoods, but not just that they invite new residents and new people into their story. They don't hoard those stories. They don't hoard their leadership. They invite new people in. And so um, those are maybe three of the programs that we're pretty excited about. Well, that's excellent. And, and in addition to being out in the community, you have a physical space as well, do you not? Yes, yes. So our studio center is at 16th and Delaware. And again, we're home to 36 artists and we operate six galleries that change our monthly. People come for first Fridays and they come make uh, social distance appointments. Actually, we have um, senior hours on, on Fridays from two to four, which is really nice during COVID for people to come in and have a little bit more space and, and uh, particularly if you're over 55. I'm speaking to Joanna Taft, executive director of the Harrison Center. Is there a tag to that? I, I remember there being some other tag at some point. Well, you know, you're kind of right in saying that. Our legal name is Harrison Center for the Arts. But about three years ago, we rebranded because we're not just for the arts. We're for the city as well. Gotcha. And so we have 
kind of two, uh, two arms um, are for the arts and are for the city um, initiatives. Excellent. How did it get started? What's what's the backstory on the Harrison Center? Yeah. Well, I'm a neighbor. I live four blocks away from, um, <laughs> from the Harrison Center. And um, when I moved in 30 years ago, um, people were leaving my neighborhood. Um, as soon as they had children, you know, they'd moved to the suburbs. Um, people weren't comfortable. Um, they didn't feel like they had options for schools. They didn't feel like they had community gathering spots, you know, third places. They didn't uh, feel like the, the, um, that they had the institutions that were needed to um, make a neighborhood healthy. We had a lot of social services and social services are great, but our neighbors really wanted the energy of the arts to um, come alongside the social services. And so um, there was a nearly vacant um, historic church building just four blocks from, from me. And with a little bit of help from the community, um, we were able to turn it into a thriving art center that you know, we walked through the building, and we, basically every empty room we charged a hundred hundred dollars each, regardless of size, shape, or smell. How, how, how's that for a business tagline? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you know, we soon filled it with artists, and you know, the artists just really love their community and want to serve it. And um, working with the artists um, after about a year and a half, my artists started educating me on the importance of having art patrons. And so uh, we started Heron High School. We started Heron High School in our basement um, in 2006 with 99 kids and then uh, moved it across the street in 2007 to the old uh, John Heron campus. And so the Harrison Center has done a, a number of things in the community to help strengthen, particularly that, that, that neighborhood. Um, and then we've been invited into other neighborhoods to partner with them. And that's what we're doing in Merton Dobright with right now. Speaking to Joanna Taft, Executive Director of the Harrison Center. Uh, how can people support your work? What are some ways that people can get involved? Can they come and view the art? Can they, uh, you mentioned the Senior Center, but what, what are some hours for the center? And then what are some other ways that people could volunteer or donate time and money? Sure. Um, I love questions like that, by the way. So we are open Monday through Friday, nine to five, and you can make an appointment during COVID and come in and we would love to take you through the galleries and the studios. Um, we're also open for social distance first Friday. So that's the first Friday of every single month. Um, and our hours on first Friday in the evening are from six to 9 p.m. Um, during COVID, we added senior hours. And so on Fridays from two to four, you can get a sneak peek. We're usually not even done hanging, which makes it kind of fun when the seniors come through. We're still sweeping and getting ready for first Friday. But if you want to see what it's like behind the scenes, that's a fun time to view, view the art and get to know a little bit more of our personality. So you can come in person. You can also, during COVID, we uh, started an online gallery. I have to tell you, I, I used to say for 14 years, I said we would never have an online gallery. I, I said we were all about relationships. We wanted to deal with people in person. And I was wrong. <laughs> and, we, and COVID showed me that. And so in April, we worked really hard to get an online gallery up by May. And we've been serving artists with it ever since. And so it's wonderful to be able to have the online presence, but also and also have the in-person, um, safe in-person options. So we can partner with people and exploring art either way. Um, we also, um, you know, we, we're doing an annual fund drive right now. It's the end of the year. It's been a challenging year. Um, we believe more than ever that what we're doing is important. Um, we provide um we, we really reach out to the people in our community to help them feel known and loved, um, reducing social, social isolation, even during COVID. 
and we help make Indianapolis a place where the arts can thrive and where artists can stay and not move on to other cities. So you can see more details or get in touch with them at harrisoncenter.org. What is an online gallery? How does that work? What is, you know, is it just pictures or is it interactive? Um, so there, we have images and from different perspectives. So you get a, a better idea of what the art is. And then you can actually, you know, click and put it in your shopping cart and purchase. Um, we have people that look at it online and purchase online. Uh, last week, we had uh, sales from Colorado. And the month before, we had San Francisco. And always wondering, you know, who are these people, you know, shopping in Indiana for their art online? Um, but we also have people that will see it online. And then they'll say, you know, I'm going to come in for a, a social distance appointment to just to make sure um, different people have, have uh, different approaches. And we want to be able to work with anybody, no matter how they like to shop. That's excellent. Again, their website is harrisoncenter.org. I'm speaking to Joanna Taft, Executive Director of the Harrison Center. What is something that you see every day in your work that you wish everybody understood about what you do? I think that people don't understand that a lot of what we do is connect people. We connect people to culture, we connect people to community, and we connect people to place. And when you do that, um, it really helps root people to Indianapolis and helps them to engage fully in what our city has to offer. So I believe that our work is making Indianapolis a stronger place. All right. One final plug. It, tell people where they can find you, how they can get involved and, and what they can find when they visit your website. Yeah. Come to the Harrison Center. Look at us at um, harrisoncenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, so you can engage with the arts online. We have lots of fun videos and we have lots of fun social media posts and an online gallery. So you can, you can see us online. You can also, also come in person at uh, 15th and Delaware, um, make a social distance appointment to come and uh, wander and explore our labyrinth of a building and see the different artist studios and galleries. Um, if you want to, you could donate, you can help support an artist, you can support an artist studio, which makes it really great for an artist to be able to, um, to focus on their work when they're being supported financially. Um, or you can support the Harrison Center and our work uh, that we do for artists. Joanna Taft, Executive Director of the Harrison Center, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website at nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please email Gabby at nowhearthisindy at iheartmedia.com. Thank you for listening, and we will be we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. Matt Whitliff and I are history nuts and news junkies, and we forever talked about how much history applies to modern politics, and we often fail to see the parallels in the past. So he and I have embarked on a long journey from antiquity to the present, where we're going to illustrate where our ancestors can help us build a better future. So subscribe now to the History of Modern Politics to get the full backstory on our current events. There are two episodes a month, and they're available now to subscribers of Wall Plus or at historyofmodernpolitics.com, or you can subscribe to the public podcast feed to get episodes in 2022.